Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. up your iPads, Bible apps. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Is everybody ready? Anybody expecting? Not me to perform, but God to deliver. Deliver the goods. Bring the stuff. We've been in a series the last couple of months, and I'm going to try to wrap things up today though I don't feel like I've exhausted the subject by any means. Uh, I, I, I want to give you this last part before we move on to something else. And so uh, let's, let's believe God for good things to, to, together here today. Uh, as we minister, I believe the Lord will speak and the Lord will help us. This series is called The Devil's Trap. Anybody in it? <laughs> we do have one, at least one taker. I saw a hand. Uh, we hope to get you out. Um, let's read our text here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Leave no such room, or excuse me, this is the Amplified Bible. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. And then the ERV reads, don't give the devil a way to defeat you. All right, so if the devil has place in our lives, how did he get it? Well, apparently, we gave him place. We gave it to him. All right. So how would I know if the devil has place in my life? Well, one is through spiritual perception. If you're a believer and have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, you recognize things. But secondly, it's not real complicated because the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy Okay, the enemy comes to wreak havoc and to bring destruction in people's lives. And if that's what you've experienced or are experiencing, know this. That's not the Lord. That's not God's will for your life. He has much better plans for you. But the enemy has found a way in. And so we've been endeavoring to expose his strategies. Expose the different types of bait he uses to lure people into his trap so that ultimately they are taken captive to do his will. But no, we are going to live free and live long, and we're going to be strong, and we're going to do the will of God, but we're going to be smart. We're going to be aware of how the enemy comes against us and tries to lure us into his trap. One of the uh, things that stood out to me in, in reading the account, we haven't read it in this series, but the account of Jesus when he was tempted by the devil is very interesting. You might recall that when uh, you know Jesus lived his life, but then his ministry started at the point when he was baptized in the river there. The Spirit of God descended upon him. And, and, and what happened there is not only was he revealed as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, he was anointed with power. And immediately the devil goes after someone like that, by the way. Not anything to be afraid of because we have power and authority and we operate in victory. But the devil does go after people who are answering the call, who are filled with the Spirit. And he'll try to disrupt that. That happens with everybody. Okay, He'll try to disrupt you, but just determine in your heart he's not going to win. Huh? And so the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness for this temptation. And he said, go out there. 
Jesus, remember, fasted, and he spent all this time with the Lord. And the devil came after him to tempt him in three different ways. He, he resisted him on every count. He spoke the word of God. He overcame uh, by the word of God. And then something very interesting happened. Is The scripture said in, in Luke chapter 4 and verse 13, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And now I want you to consider this. First of all, temptation is not 24-7, 365. Okay, he, he, the, the devil does not come at you full steam ahead, you know, uh, all the time, every day of the week. No, there are seasons, okay? Now that might sound like a good thing, and I guess it, it is. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be tempted every day, every minute of every day, my whole life, and just come, no. Uh, so that's a good thing in one regard, but the other side is often people become lax, and they let down their guard because there is no present attack. There is no present temptation or trial coming against them. And so they let down their guard. They let down their spiritual activity and they become weak. But know this, the devil is looking for something in particular. And that is another opportunity. He's looking for a more opportune time. When might that time be, you think? Maybe when we've let our guard down. Maybe when we're kicking back and saying, cool, life is good, everything's fine. There's, huh? No, that time, it, 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 say, just because you're having a time where there is no temptation to go astray, you've not, you're not having thoughts to you know, jump ship or anything like that, that doesn't mean the game's over. The devil didn't give up on you. Well, they resisted, so flowery beds of ease the rest of their days and uh, we're just going to leave them alone no he's just giving he's just going away to regroup to come at you again now again I don't want to be devil conscious or devil minded or be just so fixated on that but I do want to understand how it works in this world in heaven no deal that we're not going to be dealing with this and I know sometimes people say well the Lord heals some here and the Lord heals some in heaven and and you know that's not scriptural by the way people say all kinds of things without Bible verses I mean no no, no one gets healed in, the, in heaven there is no healing in heaven why because there's no sickness in heaven <laughs> all that stuff is for here that's why we want to get our act together now I want the blessings of God his provision his, his power to be manifest in my life here and now and so if I've got a time and we all do time where man everything's going pretty good I'm feeling pretty good what should I do during that time I should prepare I should rev things up inside. Let's go further. Let's get more revelation. Let's draw near to the throne of God. Let's in, in, increase our relationship with Him. Let, let's meditate on the Word. Why? So if anything else comes, I don't have to expect it, but I can be wise concerning it. Then I'm ready, and it's like, psh, no big deal. Why? I've been doing business behind the scenes. I mean, what, when would a more opportune time be in your life where the enemy might come against you? Well, if we're honest with ourselves, we can recognize times, areas that we've, you know, failed in. Hmm. And I mean, maybe when it's maybe it's when you're tired, maybe it's when you're worn out, maybe you run yourself too hard, and you get to a place where you're not you're not prepared to stand against anything. Well, maybe that's an opportune time. Maybe it's when you've been out of church for a while. Hmm. I tell you, if I was the devil, 
not signing up, but if I were wanting to attack a Christian, when would I hit them? When they're separated, when they're when they've given up on some, when they haven't been in the Word, when their prayer life has gone down, huh? When they're surrounding themselves with the wrong people, I would attack then. That just makes sense. But being on the other side of this, I can guard myself in these particular areas, uh, and, and so I don't have to fall for this for this stuff. Amen. And this brings up one of these primary areas, this, this certain type of bait that certain people will fall for, and they end up being uh, uh, in the place where the enemy can get them, and that is the issue of isolation. Do you know that many people become vulnerable to being separated from the place that God wants them to be, and when they do so, they become vulnerable to the, the devil's attack? Yeah. Uh, one of... Um, one of the opportunities that he comes again, you can even see that with Jesus, not that Jesus was out of the will of God in this situation, but when did the devil hit him? Well, when he was alone and hungry, <laughs> been fasting for a long, long time, and, and he was alone, that's when he came after him. I want you to consider today that the devil wants to get you away from other believers. He wants to get you alone. Or he wants to get you with the wrong crowd. You could be not alone, period, from all people, but you're, a, you're alone in that regard. You're, you're, you're joined to the wrong ones. That's one of his strategies in how he would come against individuals. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33 reads this way. It says, Do not be deceived. All right? Evil company corrupts good habits. You ever wonder why it says don't be deceived there? Maybe because there's a likelihood that concerning that second part of that phrase, the second part of that verse, people might be deceived. So if the Scripture tells you, don't be deceived, and then makes a statement, that tells you your automatic go-to thought is going to think that doesn't apply to me. You know, evil company corrupts good Habits. The enemy wants to get us around the wrong people. Say, I know individuals, have, I've heard many people say this. Well, I'm not really moved by that. I'm my own person. I'm, I don't really, I'm not influenced by, you know, pressure from other people and their lifestyle choices. Uh, okay, so that verse is wrong or you're deceived? Which one might it be there? It's amazing how we want to disqualify a verse from our lives. And I, that one, no, no, I'm good there. No, 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 you're not. It really does impact you. It really will mess up your morals. Or the, the Old Testament verse, Proverbs thirteen twenty, reads, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. And so we can see how the influence of other people affects us. It absolutely makes a difference in whether we're going to be vulnerable to the enemy's attack or, or not. Now, consider some questions today. I want to talk to you a bit about some divine connections and that whole, that whole uh, concept. Divine connections, meaning God, divine, meaning He joins individuals, connects them with certain people, with certain groups. It is the body of Christ, just like uh, certain parts of your body are closer to other parts of your body. You know, uh, 
likewise in life certain parts of God's family are designed to be joined to other parts of his family some closer than others some you don't necessarily rub shoulders with directly and not shoulders literally Uh, divine connections question does God intend for us to be joined to certain people is that his intention Uh, members of Christ's body uh, were you designed to be near some people Meaning it's a God thing. It's not just a, hey, we met, we, you know, whatever. No, it was a God thing. He set it up. He arranged it. He planned it out. That you're supposed to be near, connected to certain people. All right? And I want you to, if you've never thought about that, I want you to to, to consider that. Um, If you have been connected to certain people, groups, and you've disconnected, you made a change in your life. Why? Analyze that. Was it the right thing? Why did you disconnect? Was it a God thing? Was it inspired of God? Was it the flesh? Was it the devil? Is it a possibility that the devil, knowing God's plans for, for divine connections and relationships, that the devil would try to disrupt that for the intent purpose, the intention of separating people from God's resources and and intervention. And so if we do disconnect, if we do separate, what's the motive there? Is it the right thing? Are are we doing things the right way? Uh, If if you're in a a God divinely inspired relationship, um, what are you supposed to be giving in that relationship? What's supposed to come from you or through you, if you will, to others? Is it, you know, is it skills? Is it what you're able to do? Is it help? Is it encouragement? Is it teaching something you know you're supposed to teach someone else? Is it finances? Uh, what, what is it? What's supposed to come from you to them? And then right at the same time, flip it around. What are you supposed to get out of that relationship? Because if it's of God, you know there's always two sides to it. You're supposed to give something. You're supposed to get something. I don't mean you demand things of people. Don't go there. That's the person who only sees one side. <laughs> Me. <laughs> what I can get. But what is it? Because if it's of God, you are supposed to get something. And the absence of that relationship means the absence of my being able to put into someone else and the absence of them being able to put into me. If I am alone, number one, I cannot help others. I cannot. Okay, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 1 reads, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. So the person who says, I don't need anyone else, the person who says, I, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to just, you know, just me and the Lord. Or, the Lord and me. Uh, alone. We're fine. I don't need anybody else. What is that person doing? They are seeking their own desire. So that's not the right, right mindset. They've missed the very foundation of what it means to be a Christian. Okay. They're seeking their own desire. They don't have any wise judgment. 
And so I don't want to be that person. But number two, not only, see, see, not only can you not help others, you cannot be helped by others. When we're alone, when we're isolated, we cannot be helped by others. And here's one of the truths of God's kingdom is we need each other. Ephesians 4 says every joint supplies. There are some things that the Lord wants to do in your life, but He wants to give it to you through someone else. Some things He wants to bless you with, He wants to help you with, wants to increase you, wants to teach you, wants to reveal to you, huh? the whole gamut of things there, but He wants to use someone to get it to you. And what if I cut off that connection? What if I separate myself from others saying, I'm good, just the Lord and I, we can just... No, 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 no. We've just cut off a source of God's supply. So isolation then is bait the devil uses to get you into his trap. And when you're in his trap, you're captive. You're taken captive in order to do his will. Paul made a statement. It's over in the book of Philippians. And uh, he wrote to that church... And, and said this, this is outstanding. He said in verse 17, he said, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. What should you do? Note those. Find people who walk like this. Find individuals who do what we do and note them. NIV reads this way, Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. How do you keep your eyes on someone? You have to be there. <laughs> huh? You have to be there present to actually watch them. You have to be able to observe them and see what they're doing, see how they live, see how they handle their 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 relationships and see how they handle their finances and see how they how they have integrity in business and see how they pray see how they worship God see how they get results see how they follow after God's plan if you don't know anyone who's doing all that you're you're cutting yourself off from one of God's primary ways to help you see he raises up one individual and he does it for that person's benefit and for their ki- and for the kingdom of God no doubt but then he also does it so other people can watch them and say well, what, what would they do in this situation how do they handle that circumstance and we get answers for our own lives when we can see people but if we cut them off if all we watch is the late night comics and television sitcoms and the news and all this stuff who are, we fo- who are we watching? Who are we following? Who are we learning our manner of life from? Often, it's not very unfortunate, but from people who don't know God at all. Often it's individuals who don't have a clue who the Lord is, or His ways, or His plan, or His goodness. We've got to be connected the way God designed us to be connected. Being alone is an invitation to the enemy to attack. As soon as you get away from the pack, watch out, man. Watch out, because it's dangerous out there. Look, what, look over with me at, Ephes- at uh, not Ephesians, but Ecclesiastes, one of the E's. It's about the middle of the Bible, if you're unsure. And if you can't spell it, that's another problem. That won't affect you too much in life. Ecclesiastes, 
And I want you to consider this. The enemy comes at people with temptation. And we think, yeah, temptation to steal, temptation to be dishonest on taxes, temptation to uh, break the traffic laws. Anybody ever been tempted there? Yeah. Uh, whatever. Temptation to, uh, to judge, temptation to argue, <laughs> temptation to be all kinds of, of things, to not walk in for love and forgiveness, all this kind of stuff. But, but here's another deal. What about those thoughts you have from time to time to jump ship? What about those thoughts you have to cut off relationships from leave God-ordained positions? I mean, you prayed before, and you knew that was God, but then later there's these thoughts. Man, I just, I'm going to do something different. There's these thoughts to just jump ship. Well, is that God? I mean, if it is, it's God to follow the Lord, but, you know, maybe not. Maybe it's a trap. Maybe it's the devil. You're too close to the pack, man. You're safe where you are. Things are working. You're growing. You're increasing. Your prayer life is becoming more and more effective. You're influencing others. Things are going well. The enemy's going to come at you with everything he can. But so many times he can't get in. I mean, if he gets in a little bit, people jump around you and, and like a shield with their faith. And, and we believe God together. But if he can get you outside of that, separated, now he's laughing. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, notice with me over here in verse, verse 9, it reads, two are better than one. And that's not just talking about ice cream cones. I mean, there's, I know there's rumors that that's what that means, but it's... That is true. That's just not a Bible verse. Two, sorry. Two are better than one. Talking about people. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. But what to him? Say it again. I think woe is a word we should learn. Word of the day. <laughs> Life Church Word of the Day. Whoa. Sometimes I think we should look ourselves in the mirror when about ready to make decisions about ch changes. Look yourself in the mirror and say, whoa. <laughs> Why? Because this might not be the right thing. And we want to make sure it is the right thing because when a person here, woe to him who is alone. Am I about to separate myself from God relationships, from God positioning, from my place in the body of Christ, in His kingdom. Because if I am, whoa. For He has no one to help Him up. Verse 11, again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And so you can see just the practical logic of being together is well laid out in Scripture. Now, I understand this. Some, some solitude is okay. But isolation is not. I personally value some, some solitude. I value some times of aloneness, meaning I don't want to be around people 24-7. 
I have a relationship with God personally, and I value those times. I, I like praying in groups, but I like praying by myself. There's just different things that happen there. And, and so uh, am I saying we should never have any solitude? In, no, I'm not saying that at all. But Jesus wasn't a lone ranger. Even lone, lone ranger wasn't a lone ranger. He had Tonto. <laughs> Come to think of it. But Jesus, you know, would would spend time. Sometimes he'd go up on the mountain and pray. uh, And he'd pray all night. He'd be alone. But he also had a team, didn't he? He also came back and he rejoined his his disciples. And he was constantly ministering and he was around other people. Uh, we, we We can learn from that. All right. What I'm specifically talking about today is being separated from from God-ordained relationships because they're designed to strengthen, to protect, to sharpen our, our spiritual lives on both sides of the relationship. God wants it to be that way. And so the thoughts, like I said, to jump ship, to go do something else, watch out because that could very much, very easily be a strategy of the enemy to get you away to make you vulnerable, to shut off God's design and God's plan. I mean, you think about what can be, what is the potential of the body of Christ being in the right place at the right time and joining together? It is amazing what we can accomplish. There is nothing that can stop, you know, this mighty moving force. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, united in focus, united in power and strength and purpose and reason. We come together, we can do great things. And we all get swept along with it. We all benefit individually. As the water rises, we all the boats go up. Amen. But we accomplish great things for God. I, I was reading this statement from a uh, Stanford University professor, uh, Zimbardo is his name. He, he said, I know of no more potent killer than isolation. There is no more destructive influence on physical and mental health than the isolation of you from me and us from them. It has been shown to be a central agent in the etiology of depression, paranoia, schizophrenia, rape, uh, suicide, murder, and a wide variety of disease states. I think that's interesting that someone studying the very subject says this is the root cause. This is why people are suffering in all these areas. Isolation. They get cut off from other people. And then I see what the Scripture says, and I can't see for a moment that the Lord intends for me to be a believer just by myself, even though my salvation is is individual and personal. But He has designed for me to be in God-ordained connections. And I've been able to notice through my life different times, man, relationships that were so God. Have you ever noticed that? It was so God. It was so not just happenstance that we met and that we connected. I'm not just talking about a marriage. I'm talking about other relationships as well. It's so much a God factor that those relationships exist. There are two words that I had in my heart in preparing this. I don't want you to consider them two words that fit. The first one is the word proximity. Okay? Proximity. Meaning this. uh, Proximity, you know, it's just nearness. 
nearness in space or even can be nearness in time. Uh, the Lord intends for His people to be together proximity-wise. And there are things that happen when we are together that don't happen when we're not. Now, I'm, I'm thankful for the different mediums we have to get the gospel out today, the television, the internet, and all these things. And I, I use them. We're on them. I also use them, learn from other people. And I don't mean I cut off that supply. But how many know that's not this? That's not proximity. And I can identify times in my life. I was sharing with some of the staff this week. In fact, this is before I had this word. But uh, no, it's not. It was after because it was Friday. Uh, but I can identify I was sharing with them some different experiences I've had through my life where um, it was my proximity to someone else and something that was in them got in me something of God something good there's times when it's just been like this where I was in a service and there was no personal one-on-one contact but I literally walked away with a spiritual impartation that I could specifically identify. Powerful. And other times it's been through, uh, you know, ministry. But it is that proximity factor that caused there to be a, a, an impartation into my life. And I was at one moment at one place, and the next moment I was at a higher place. I was able to do things I couldn't do before. All right. I really believe in this. I believe it's a God thing. I believe it's, it's God-ordained. It's God-assigned. He puts people here, and there is supposed to be a transfer. It happens many times when our services, sometimes in here you know the, how the presence of God gets so strong. It's just, whoa. I mean, it's hard to put words on it. I'm telling you, more than sitting in the old restaurant smoking section, you know how and it get in you? Now they don't do that anymore. Uh, but it'd get, And you'd carry that through the rest of your day and other people could tell you were there. I'm telling you, the presence of God is more rich than that. It literally affects us in such powerful ways where we're able to make right decisions. We're able to overcome. We're able to influence others because of something we picked up because of the proximity we were in to someone else. And uh, again, I could, I could literally, I could tell you uh, several stories of this through my life and take time if we had the time right now. But I tell you, it's good. I tell you, next week, proximity. Let's get some of it going on. You can walk out of these meetings next week carrying something that you didn't have before. And I don't mean that it doesn't happen right here, right now. It's it's happening. But uh, I've I've been in my own life. I've noted different times. But here's the, here's the deal. What if I'm deceived into cutting that off I'm too busy or I have some other reason to not be close to God ordained things I'm just not going to have what I could have and sometimes you'll never be able to understand why why is that person able to do this and this person maybe they were in the right place at the right time Proximity. Here's the other word. The other word is intimacy. Intimacy. Now, don't think of that word in a sexual sense in this context. Intimacy simply is close familiarity, a, a, a close friendship. How many know it's possible to have right proximity 
but not have the, 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 the intimacy that can be there. And I, I tell you, that's one of the things we should watch out for too. You, it's easy to be a part of a church, a growing, a larger growing church like ours, and not know anybody. And not no one knows you. You don't know anyone else. And I mean more than, hey, how's it going? Name tag Sunday. Got, got a couple names. I mean, you put yourself in a position to be friends, to let a relationship established. I'm telling you, some of that is God all over it. He designed it. He wants it to be there. And when it is, you go up, that other person goes up. When, when, you're, when that exists, God is able to do things in your heart and in your life that He cannot do just by listening to a teaching, just by watching a television program, you know, a, a ministry program. It doesn't happen in those contexts. It happens when there's relationship, there's intimacy. You open up. How many know? You, you, I could show you this. You open up, healing comes. You don't, it doesn't. This is one of the reasons we have life groups. We, we recognize how very important it is not just to have teaching, not just to be established in the Word of God, but to be engaged relationally with others. We recognize how it's so important that the body of Christ connect together. And so we're trying to make it have an avenue for that to take place. I would encourage you. The, te- the thought, the temptation to never let it be is the devil. Let him be exposed. Because this isolation keeps you from your full, poten- full potential. Oh, there is much the Lord has in store for you. I tell you, there is much He has for you to do. There are great things He wants to accomplish in your life. There is a bright future, a glorious path. But to get on that path, it's going to take us being in the right place at the right time. It's going to take us engaging in relationships with others like we, ne- like we never have before. People need you. And here's the other side. Whether you know this or not, you need them. Yeah, it's God. It's really God in them, but it's them, just like it's God in you ministering to others. Now, in in conclusion, today, do you know anyone? Do you know any any Christians, any believers, who have become isolated? Do you know individuals who have been separated from their God ordained part of the body of Christ? Can you think of individuals right now? Can you, think, can you see their faces? Do you, do you know names? Because I think the enemy has been successful in too many people's lives. And for various reasons, and it's different often with various people, but people get out of that place of safety and protection and this God-ordained ordained, uh, relationship. And if you know them, I think we should try to intervene. I think we should try to kick the devil's butt out of their lives. Can I say butt? Can I say kick? Uh, uh, um, I think we should we should do something about that. I don't mean we can force people, but someone loved on me. Someone prayed for me. Someone shared the gospel with me. I could give you the details that time, but someone prayed for you. 
Someone shared with you. Someone helped you at a time when you were down. Maybe you've gotten out of the, out of the place that you're supposed to be and, and someone encouraged you. Let's make ourselves open to that right now. I want to pray and end this. But I want to pray kind of a general prayer, but I'd like to give you a moment to pray for people that come to your mind right now. Pray for individuals. I'm specifically thinking of this, though. Believers that have been displaced. Believers that have gotten out from where they are a part of the active body of Christ. I'm not saying they're not going to heaven, not saved. I'm talking about they're not useful. They're vulnerable. They're, they're, they're out there, out of God's will and plan. And maybe something happened, or maybe it was just life and temptation, whatever. I think we should step in the gap there and pray for them. And then I want to encourage you to do this. This week, because we have a good excuse just because we're coming up on these meetings, this special celebration time next, next Sunday, uh, we have a good excuse to invite. Say, hey, why don't you come back with me? I'll buy you lunch after the service. You're going to do that, right? <laughs> or whatever, whatever you want to do. Why don't you come? Why don't you, why don't you check things out again? Why don't you think about re-engaging? Amen. Pray for him now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for working in us. I thank you for working through us. Lord, we do pray for these. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.